Mary Dyer, Religious Martyr, by Patricia U. Bonami. Mary Dyer was notorious as a religious radical long before she disembarked at Boston on a rainy day in August 1659. A convert to the Society of Friends in England, Mary was the latest among a swarm of Quaker fanatics that recently had descended on the Puritan colony of Massachusetts Bay. No sooner had her ship arrived in Boston Harbor than the nearly 50-year-old Mary was clapped up into a prison, though wet to the skin, and not a place to sit or lie upon but dust. So wrote Mary's husband William Dyer, an official of Rhode Island, to the Massachusetts magistrates as soon as he got word of his wife's arrest. William demanded that the Bay Colony cease its merciless cruelty and end the unjust molestation and detainment of my dear yoke fellow. What Mary Dyer did not know when she arrived in Boston was that Massachusetts had lately tightened its laws against the Quakers, who were in the magistrate's eyes an increasingly disruptive and pernicious sect. Neither public whippings, ear croppings, nor burning the letter H for heretic into Quaker hands had stopped the invasion. Forced removal had proved equally futile, as time and again the exiled Quakers returned to spread, as Governor John Endicott scornfully put it, their malignant and assiduous doctrines directly tending to subvert both our churches and state. Finally, the harassed magistrates had passed a law against future violators that invoked the ultimate penalty, death. Possibly because Mary Dyer had been ignorant of the recent legislation, she was on this occasion ejected from Massachusetts and forcibly transported to her family home in Rhode Island. Yet one month later in October 1659, this time fully aware of the potentially mortal consequences of her action, Mary Dyer returned to Boston. She was promptly arrested and jailed. On October 18, in company with fellow Quaker agitators William Robinson, a London merchant, and Marmaduke Stevenson, a Yorkshire plowman, Mary was hailed before Governor Endicott and the General Court of Massachusetts Bay. Each of the defendants had previously been banished from the colony and was indisputably in contempt of its authority. The court wasted little time disposing of their cases. One week hence, the three Quakers, Dyer, Robinson, and Stevenson, were to be handed over to Captain James Oliver and his company of 100 soldiers, armed with pike and musketeers with powder and bullet, who would lead them to the place of execution and there see them hang till they be dead. On hearing the sentence, an unrepentant Mary Dyer intoned, The will of the Lord be done. Yea, and joyfully I go. On October 27, Dyer, Robinson, and Stevenson, guarded by the troop of soldiers and followed by a raucous multitude of locals, as was always the case with public executions, walked through the streets of Boston to the gallows. A Quaker later reported that they walked hand in hand, all three of them, as to a wedding day, with great cheerfulness of heart. A drummer beat a steady tattoo to drown out their final exhortations to the crowd. Once they reached the hanging tree, Mary, her skirts tied about her ankles, was forced by order of the general court to stand upon the gallows with a rope about her neck as sentence was carried out on her companions. First Robinson was hung then Stevenson. Just as the hangman was ready to turn Mary off, they cried out, Stop, for she was reprieved. Mary may or may not have known that on the same day she was sentenced, her son had obtained a reprieve on the condition 
that he remove her from the colony within 48 hours. But the hairbreadth deliverance did not please Mary. She was not forward to come down from the scaffold, but stood calmly, proclaiming to the crowd that she was prepared to suffer as her brethren had done, unless Massachusetts voided its wicked law against Quakers. Obviously, the Puritan leaders were reluctant to execute their sentence against Mary Dyer. She was, after all, the wife of a man of estate. Another consideration was her sex, for women were seen as the weaker vessels in the 17th century, given to emotion over reason and thus more susceptible to extreme behavior. And so, Mary Dyer was once again banished from Massachusetts Bay to Rhode Island, to the enormous relief of her anguished husband and children.